For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. Uh, we have a very special guest today, Dave Hurt. I just did your show last week. Um, it was fun. Enjoyed it. Good conversation. I voted today, and I wore this to vote. It says, all politicians are cunts. And then I posted a picture of myself voting to celebrate my civic, uh, uh, doing my civic duty. And Instagram took that post down and said it was hate speech because calling politicians cunts is hate speech, but calling all conservatives Nazis and all cops bastards is not, apparently. So it's a good way to start off the day. Yeah, man. I, I was a little butthurt for a second because I reposted that, mm -hmm. and then it disappeared, and I was like, that son of a bitch took it down. <laughs> he, he took my, my uh, repost down. I never I take anything down. I, I enjoy... Yeah, uh, I should have known better. I enjoy, like, uh, the hilarity of doing dumb shit and ha being shit talked for it. It's one of my favorite things. It's actually, so Ross, my uh, co-host on Drinking Bros, he never reads any of the comments. I read all the comments because I'm always, I always want to see if somebody says something really funny. You know what I mean? I don't really care about being shit talked. It's fun for me. So uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I think, an acquired ability. At least it has been for me just realizing that these people don't really know me. Just read these all of these comments for what they are, just something to treat like a spectacle, mm. and, and then it doesn't bother you. But I think in the beginning, I let some of that stuff get to me just because I didn't, I didn't even realize fully how this thing works, this machine of people sounding off in fake reality uh things that they would never really say to you so so now i do i read some of the comments and i just laugh i mean mm -hmm. dude I, I get called a, a white supremacist every day even though i'm married to a person of color which well, is just you do hilarious. look you do look like you may have been at january 6th so fair enough oh right? dude absolutely my my friend um you know maj Touré, probably black mm -hmm. guns matter yeah, yeah. He, that's what he says. He's like, dude, just look at you. He's like, if I was a leftist, I would think that yeah. you're a white supremacist. So I'm like, all right, fair, touche. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think he might be a white supremacist, but uh, that's another discussion. Yeah, he's the black face of white supremacy, mm -hmm. I think, next in line behind Larry Elder. Yeah, Elder's uh, doing commercials for vitamins now, so I'm not sure what's up with that guy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so – this show, as we discussed on yours, I just want to, you know, lead us back in here. We we talk about, um, I guess we brush up against politics, but I think, you know, politics is just the expression, uh, the collective expression of what's really going on behind the scenes, which is that, you know, certain groups of people uh, in concert with the collective complacency and laziness and cowardice of America have seen fit to, to try to attack and destroy all the institutions that protect us. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the rule of law, masculinity, things like this, they, it, there's been a concern and police and, and military. There's been a concerted effort over the past several years, I guess, maybe decades to do just that, to, to, I guess, tear at the underbelly of, you know, the foundation of what, what makes this country what it is and what makes any country, uh, I guess, capable of having advanced political and philosophical discussions that come to a place where most people are generally satisfied, right? Uh, you, you can't do that if there's the goddamn Thunderdome going on. Right. Um, <clears throat> now, you, the conspiratorial side of me will point to uh, that Russian agent, Yuri, whatever the fuck his name was, who was like, yeah, this is he, he pretty much laid out the groundwork of how the Soviet Union was trying to take us down from the inside out, which is to say uh, demasculinize and, and, and all this other stuff. But 
Um, you know, Hanlon's razor says you don't have to imply malice when incompetence will suffice. And while there has been quite a bit of demonstrable malice, our incompetence is what has allowed this to happen, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, a <laughs> perfect storm of malice and incompetence that's got us where we are today. And, and on top of that, like you just said, people who do try to have reasonable conversations about these things are, are met with the swift fist of censorship. And I mean, just like you, you putting your, your post up today, that should be completely acceptable. You know, one, one, thing we should be able to do as a society is make fun of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think politics, when you started this, you said politics is something that we, we brush up against often in these conversations. But, you know, I, I think a lot about like what, what actually is politics, right? It's just us talking about how we do things as a society, really. Um, so it, it's kind of part of everything. And as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that I used to shy away from politics in, in these types of issues. But um, much like religion, you know, I find that it, embracing it and, and talking about it has been beneficial to my life. So um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it is, I think, a perfect storm of those two things, incompetence and, and uh, malice. But I, I don't, don't know how to tease the two apart. I don't know you know, except to talk about it, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you sure, sure you do, right? Because it's the hole in the bucket situation it's like mm. the bucket's made to hold water and it's not functioning properly because there are holes in it and and that's on us to fix that like we we blame the water we blame the guy pouring the water we'll blame everything mm. except for the actual fucking issue right, right. Uh, because if we zero in on the actual issue then we bear some responsibility for fixing that issue and i think that's something that people have a problem with it's why people the bystander effect it's why people will avert their eyes when somebody else nearby them is in crisis because they don't want to accept responsibility to fix that shit, uh, yeah. which is the wrong answer. Right. And you get the, that you're sowing a particular seed in that moment. And what you reap is the world that we're living in today. Yeah. I saw it a lot with my uh, former peers and contemporaries in uh, the sciences. So my background is, is in biochemistry. I, so a lot of my, friends slash former friends, people who don't want to associate with me anymore, except for in private these days, were acknowledging a lot of the issues I was very public about when it came to these vaccines and mandates and things like that. They were acknowledging it to me privately. However, the exact thing you just said, they were afraid to acknowledge it public publicly because then they had some responsibility. And also they would face this backlash. Uh, several of them told me straight up, look, man, I'm afraid I'll lose my funding mm -hmm. from the NSF or the NIH. And um, it, that's what was was happening with all of that. And, and then those of us who did speak up, I mean, I have a lot of friends from my time in grad school when I was and then when I was working as a research scientist who just deleted me from social media. They're afraid to say they're friends with me and all this stuff when I'm just saying very reasonable things that they agree with in private. So it's it's unfortunate man people have lost their testicular fortitude yeah i mean that's uh that's kind of what these bad it's why i say uh refer to the confluence of these things because that's what the bad actors depend on i mean it's like yeah you know it's like leaving it's like parking your car on the street with a hundred dollar bill on the dash what do you expect is going to happen you know what i mean there it's it's one of the things that we discussed on uh, your show the other day, the is ought dilemma, which is to say <clears throat> there is the way the world is and there is the way the world ought to be. The ought to be is a decent, um, I guess, map to try to figure out how to get from is, you know, to a, to a better place. Mm -hmm. But simply pretending like ought is reality is uh, very detrimental to the process of, you know, just going through day-to-day -day life. It's, it's Carl Sagan said, you know, to, to me, it's far better to accept the universe as it is rather than persistent delusion, regardless of how gratifying it might be. And we are uh, very delusional these days. And I, I think the, the core delusion that a lot of people have is that I can go about my life 
and trust other people to take care of everything. You know what I mean? Which is the wrong answer. It's just not, that's not how anything has ever worked. Um, just like, you know, your education, your job or your family or a skill hobby, whatever it is, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And if your idea of, um, self-governance is just to go to the ballot box and check all the R's or all the D's or learn everything you know about conservatives from CNN or everything you know about uh, uh, liberals from Fox News, then you have right. failed at the very basic duty of being a citizen, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I certainly agree with you, man. And the the is ought thing is interesting. I thought about that a lot after we spoke about it. And I think that to some extent, obviously, without the ought, there isn't something to strive for in some regards, right? Because your the moral framework through which you operate, whether it's a, one of religious or just one of, of basic human decency that you think is intrinsic to us as a species, uh, since we sort of transcended just limbic system control, right? We have this advanced cortex, and so now we have this stuff like morality, et cetera. The, the, a lot of that is based on ought, right? You ought not steal. You ought not rape. You ought not murder. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that because I was a little conflicted after we spoke, to be honest, because I, um, I, I approach everything my show included as I'm just a student of all of this, trying to learn from guys mm -hmm. like you and, and other people. And I was like, well, well, shit, man, without some ought, what am I striving for? But I think where where we have failed is just our ought is now this delusional postmodern bullshit. And, and that's where essentially those who would have us crumble as a society have succeeded at infiltrating institutions of higher learning, dude, because I was I was a full on lefty delusional lefty for like a short period of my life. What do you what do you mean? What do you mean by that? What, how? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you. So. Yeah. I just, I was ignorant in a lot of ways. I just assumed. So your example of learning everything about conservatives from CNN, mm. that was me. Okay. I was a, a grad student at UC Berkeley. I was, I thought what I was told to think about politics. And a lot of it really stemmed from the fact that I was very just secular in general. I, I grew up like, uh, well, grew up in college. I, I watched a lot of Hitchens and read all his books. Mm -hmm. And I was a big fan of Richard Dawkins. And, you know, I'm a scientist. I believe in in truth and the scientific method. And religion is just this dumb thing that we used to do to try to figure out the world. And now we have science and, and so on and so forth. And Well, that's not very was, scientific of you, though, is it? Just to dismiss oh, the ethos it was entirely. Not, well, and, and this goes back to... As but I've isn't that something older, that... Isn't that something that... Uh, it, it's one of the manufactured consents we see, typically. Not And yes. I'm, I'm still, to this day, not religious, and I'm very... I'm deeply suspicious of most of the claims made by religion. But yeah, it is a pretty good... Too. It's a pretty good backdrop for how human beings have come to, to uh, reason... Uh, 100%. Like, in general, you know, how like how, how they've... It's one thing to, to have a scientific test that you can do. It's another thing to try to figure out what good and evil might be and, and the degrees of good and evil as well. And, right. you know, religion's not the only game in town, obviously. There's quite a bit of philosophy that, that deals with that. But it would be like you wouldn't – a good scientist wouldn't just dismiss that, right? Absolutely, As, yeah. It's, there's quite a bit of evidence there – or not evidence, but there's quite a bit of data there to be analyzed, Right. Yeah, it's interesting, man. As I've sort of gotten out of that world, I think that my method of thinking has become <laughs> more scientific, as ironic as it is, because during that period, man, I was just I was listening. This is in no way to blame the professors, but this is just that environment. You're like religion is dumb. You know, science is is the way. And, and um, with that sort of comes packaged this elite mentality of the right is dumb, blue collar, which is ridiculous because mm. especially in my case, I grew up working construction and, and all these different odd jobs. And then once I got into the university system, I sort of lost who I was for a while. And then just by way of living life, man, getting out of school, working for money, starting a business, starting a family, all these things, I sort of found um, 
my way back to, well, maybe I was an arrogant asshole writing off a lot of these things. And there's a reason for millennia, some of these structures have been in place. And so that that's all to just say that during that period of time, I, I was just one of these people who was like, I vote Democrat. That's what smart people do. That's what my professors have told me and, and therefore education and therefore this and that. And, and of course that a lot of that has changed for me today, but I see how it happens. That's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of social pressure there as well, I suppose. Um, yeah. If you're in yeah. academia and you uh, call yourself, I mean, honestly, over especially over the past six or seven years now, if you're in academia and you say, you know, like, I don't really care for uh, Trump's attitude and some of the stupid shit he says, but a lot of the policies were very effective. Now, all of a sudden, you're in trouble. You're on the chopping yep. block for simply addressing policy issues, you know what I mean, which is a very uh, stupid thing to do. And, you know, parts of religion are pretty dumb. Um, the dogmatic nature of it, but the dogmatic nature of irreligion is the same. You know what I mean? It's, that's exactly. also dumb. So, yeah. I think the constant attempt by human beings to find their place in the world, to find uh, not only what is right, but how to do it, like how to apply ethical and moral principles across a very disparate landscape, across disparate times and cultures, that's not dumb at all. That's the root of human consciousness, right? And that's how yep. we understand our place in the world. That's got to be something – that's got to be part of the process. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, man. And that's what I've obviously come to realize as I've grown and matured and and started to listen to other people instead of just being this pompous prick that I was when I was in grad school and, and everything. And dude, it's honestly why. And like I said, I'm really just trying to figure this stuff out and navigate life myself. But, you know, we've decided to you know, for the first time in our lives, attend church because I never did it. And I just wanted to see what it was and what, it, what is this all about? Right? Like, what is this thing? And, um, there are certainly principles of community and all of the, the various basic moral tenets that, that Christianity, um, teaches that are good things. And, and it's a good potential way to live your life. Right now. I don't think it's necessary to be religious to do those things but i don't i don't think it hurts right in in some ways but the the key is to tease apart that from the dogmatic bs that you do see um and so i as a father now i'm like man where where are the places i can take my daughter and surround her where i can hopefully shield her from some of this postmodernism and, and critical theory and, and leftist ideology that is encapsulating the youth. Right. And so if the church is it, then so be it, you know, if, if I can do that. But like I said, man, I'm still trying to figure it all out. And as a parent, it's a whole new set of set of issues. Yeah. I mean, there's, <clears throat> I think that's one of the reasons that uh, religion has been so successful for so long. I don't necessarily think it's because people are afraid of the afterlife or death or any of that shit. I think it's because of right. the, the sense of community, uh, Ken selection and group out group stuff, just wanting to feel like you're part of something and part of something bigger than yourself. I mean, the Mormons have built the fastest growing religion on earth just by being nice, even though yeah. <laughs> being nice and having a strong family and community base, uh, even though their beliefs are completely insane. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So as an intellectual, you know, somebody, uh, as, as a philosopher, as a scientist, you have to be willing to do what Christopher Hitchens used to say, which is to say, keep the good parts and jettison the rest. Yeah, um, exactly. As a matter of fact, that's what Paul said in the New Testament. I believe the phrase was, uh, hold fast, study all things and hold fast to what's true. That's, that was the advice. Uh, I think, I don't remember who he said that to Corinthians or Galatians or somebody, one group, uh, at any rate, yeah, that's. That's that's how a scientist's brain has to work. You can't be discriminatory. All evidence is potential evidence until it's eliminated as, as potential evidence, right? Um, yeah. And we see these things in religion. Now, how do we recreate these? There's a couple of fucking uh, real problems that we're having. One is that we don't have – we haven't been able to replicate the sense of community that religion provides outside of religion. And as people in our age group – 
and younger become more and more irreligious, uh, we've lost a, a great sense of that community. People don't know who their group is anymore. And it's right. all kind of haphazard. And then the other major factor there is something I talked uh, about on uh, our show this week, or on Monday's show uh, for Citizen, is there are no, there are no like organized rites of passage for young men anymore. Like they don't understand. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no process by which a young man, aside from maybe Judaism with the bar mitzvah, but where you're told here is what it means to become a man. Here are your responsibilities as a man. And here's how you do those things. You know what I mean? It just doesn't exist. So you have at large, uh, a complete lack of community. And then at the masculine level, you have a bunch of fucking young, aggressive males that don't know what to do with their aggression. Exactly. Yeah. I problem. listened to that episode. Was, that was a really good episode. And this episode is brought to you by black rifle coffee. You get 20% off your first order using the code citizen. Join the black rifle coffee club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black rifle coffee company is a veteran operated company that supports America's military law enforcement and first responders. I drink it every morning. It's part of my routine now. Uh, I use the Chemex, um, grind up my coffee, use the Chemex, make a nice little cup, drink it with breakfast, get my day started right. Uh, you know, the the best thing other than just the flavor because the coffee is really good is the convenience. So you're going to get premium coffee delivered every month as you see fit. Choose your favorite roast, whether you like light, dark, or medium. Uh, choose the grind, whether you want ground coffee or you want whole bean to grind yourself, or if you want coffee rounds, which fit in the Keurig, and uh, your delivery schedule every week, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever you want. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code CITIZEN to get 20% off your first order. Oh, boy. Next up is Ghost Bed. You know it. I love these beds so much. I can't tell you. Uh, when I'm on the road and we travel a lot, just having to sleep in an inferior bed drives me crazy. Uh, and as a lot of you know, I travel with my ghost pillow now, which seems, I don't know, bougie, maybe needy, maybe a little weird, but I can't sleep without it. Uh, luckily, they're the best in the world, and they're not that expensive. So right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off their bundle package, where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. So if you're looking to buy an entire bedroom suite, this is the way to go, because everything else you add to that order of, uh, of a mattress and an adjustable base will also be 40% off. If you're just looking for little things, onesie, twosie, if you just need a mattress or you just need an adjustable base or you need pillow sheets, whatever, 30% off everything else if you use the code DRINKINGBROS at ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. You can buy a mattress for like 35 bucks a month. Uh, if you use their zero down, 0% financing plan, which extends up to 60 months, six, zero, five years. Go check it out. Ghostbed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. Last but not least, Fume. Whether you're a smoker or ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, Fume is the perfect tool for you. Head on over to breathefume.com slash citizen. That's B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash citizen. Use the promo code citizen to save 10% off your entire order. All right. You got to check it out. We had the guy on the show. We had the, uh, the, the founder on the show and uh, very like-minded with us trying to help people find a way to make themselves more independent from nicotine addiction. So what makes Fume unique? It's a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit cigarettes. It's not smoke. It's not vape. There's no nicotine. It's just a replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit. They're, they're handcrafted wooden inhalers using cores infused with plant oil studied to curb cravings, peppermint, things like that. Um, they have some sweet ones as well. There's no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors. It's all completely natural, and there's absolutely no nicotine. So if you're trying to really quit, get off the nicotine as well, not just the cigarettes. This is probably going to be your best option. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who have tried everything else and finally found success with fumes. So whether you're a smoker or ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, fume is the perfect tool for you. 
head on over to breathefume.com slash citizen, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M.com slash citizen. Use the promo code citizen to save 10% off your entire order. That is 10% off your entire order when you head to breathefume.com slash citizen and use the code citizen. And um, a great conversation in general between someone who is religious and then yourself who is not and how you guys found common ground. I really enjoyed that conversation, but I agree with you, man. And, and I was kind of an example of that, right? I grew up, both of my parents were 16 when I was born. They were both drug addicts. Uh, I say were because uh, my, my dad passed and I don't know where my mom is, but like I was essentially on my own from super early on, right? And uh, I didn't have any rites of passage. I didn't have anybody to say, okay, here's, here's what being a man is. Here's how you become a man. I sort of fumbled my way through it and I think did okay in trying to figure it all out. But it was like 16 years old, hooking up for the first time. It's like, all right, I guess, I guess that makes me a man now. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm doing these things. I'm, I'm following these primal urges, but you know, it would have been super beneficial to have someone saying, okay, son, here is, here is what makes you a man. Here is what you need to do. And um, I try to do that a little bit with my content just because I have a lot of young men reaching out to me um, because I talk about masculinity and how this this whole negative connotation that we attach to masculinity and by just calling it all toxic, which, you know, they'd like to say that it was it. it no, we're not talking about all of masculinity, but it's like when you start to talk, you're fucking talking about all of masculinity and labeling it toxic. So yeah. really, the toxic shit is not masculinity. It's insecurity. And, and um, the furthest thing from a masculine uh, protector and provider that's the toxic shit. But, you know, a lot of these young dudes reach out to me and they're like, man, I'm, I, I don't feel like I can be myself at school. My teachers are saying, you know, stuff that goes against how I feel and my nature and what, what do I do? And I'm like, dude, you just, you got to keep resisting. And, mm. and I understand maybe even, maybe even saying the thing you think that you, you, they want to hear just to get your grade, but knowing that that's the fucking furthest thing from your truth and i hate that expression i guess the truth but i don't know man what what are you what is your take on that because that's i feel really conflicted to bring it back kind of to the institutions and how they're trying to suppress uh i don't know if you would call it traditional traditional uh gender roles mm. or, or just masculinity um I, I, a lot of times i don't know what to tell these guys except for dude just keep keep uh, being yourself and, you know, resist where you can, but maybe do what you have to, to get through and, and try to pull some others along with you. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, so one, I, I, I think resistance is really important. You know, the, uh, in the same way that <clears throat> the, in the same way that the bystander effect can be broken instantly by one person's action you know what i mean it's like uh surface tension on water and you put your finger in it and all the water runs out you know what i mean uh resistance the 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 act of saying no right so the man in the arena you know, you know that photo right the the guy yeah. where hitler's giving a speech and he just stands there with his fucking arms at his side um i think that's really important i think it's important to teach especially young people to uh, resist stupid bullshit um, because otherwise they it, the same thing that happened to you at university will happen to them, right? And it'll happen younger and they'll have less of a, a sophisticated defense against it and it'll become more ingrained in their brain. I don't think you can do that. I think you have to tell them what's more important than your grade is that you stick to your fucking principles. You know what I mean? Um, so I think... Uh, Sadahara, are you familiar with this? This is Sadahara is the uh, idea of passive. Well, it's 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 commonly referred to as passive resistance. It's the um, it's it's what Gandhi used to talk about a lot. But there's a lot of misunderstanding around it because passive resistance and Sadahara are not the same thing. Um, okay. So Sadahara essentially in Hindi means that I'm going to do what's right and I'll accept the consequences for it. I'm not going to like be violent but I will, I'm going to do what's right and accept the consequences. That's what it really means. It doesn't mean passive resistance. So uh, he, went, he went on to say later on to clarify that 
passive resistance does not necessarily involve complete adherence to truth under every circumstance. Therefore, it is different from Sadahara and three essentials. Sadahara is the weapon of the strong. It admits uh, of no violence under any circumstance whatsoever, and it, ne and it never uh, and it ever insists upon truth. Right. So the the general idea around this passive resistance movement um, isn't just sitting somewhere and forcing somebody to drag you out of it or not responding violently. It means I'm going to do what's right regardless of the cost. And that's, that is the lesson I think that we need to learn from this because over the last two and a half years or so, we've seen a gradual push from the government to control the way we think. Right. And it's, it's called manufacturing consent. And they're trying to control the way we think using social pressure, using economic pressure, using legal pressure, even though they don't necessarily have the right to do that. Um, and you've seen in places where people just say it's just, well, it's just a mask. It's just forced vaccination. Right. And it's a pair like, this is the sociological parallel of, First, they came for the socialists, and I wasn't a socialist, so I didn't say anything, right? And then so on and so forth, and then they came for me, and there was nobody left to stand up. You know what I mean? Exactly, um, yeah. So I think this idea of Sadahara is really, really important and something that we should embrace as a culture from all sides. It doesn't matter what your political beliefs are. You should not necessarily be obtuse, but when things are clearly wrong, you have to say no. I don't care what the fucking consequence is like you, the this idea that we have of liberty, the thing that America is organized around. It only exists if it exists for everybody and all the time. Right. And that's only possible if a critical mass of Americans refuse to let other people be held hostage to a belief that they don't actually believe, regardless of if they agree with you or not. You know what I mean? It's it's far more important to protect the free speech of those you disagree with than it is to protect the speech of those you agree with. And that should be your yeah. focus. Exactly. Yeah. As you said that, that's exactly what I was about to respond with. And another example of that, man, is, you know, so for me, I was I was never willing to put on a mask. I would never get vaccinated, all of that. And, and this was all from a very scientific perspective. And that's how I got attacked and whatever attempted to be canceled and all that dumb shit and lost my job is I just talked about the science underlying the efficacy of masks at the community level and well rather the inefficacy but I, I again I talked to so many people that I knew from these scientific circles who were like and this was once we knew the vaccine isn't truly a, a sterilizing vaccine in the traditional sense mm. it doesn't it doesn't prevent spread in the population it doesn't protect others from you it doesn't stop you from getting the virus maybe a minimal effect on the the magnitude the disease has on you right that's it period we knew that for fucking a long ass time mm -hmm. and i would have conversations with scientists my former colleagues and they would acknowledge knowledge stuff dude like, yeah i know i get it. it doesn't stop the spread it doesn't really uh act as a traditional vaccine but just get the damn shot i'm like what the fuck are you talking about yeah. man? just get the shot and this is exactly what you're talking about it's like it was so important to me that and, and i've just never understood doing things arbitrarily for the sense of doing them just because someone says so and i think that that's important with parenting too like i i don't i hate when parents are like you just do it because i said so like you can explain to the kid why it's important to do it. And I think, again, that goes back to telling people what to think versus how to think. But um, it was mind blowing to me, man, the number of people that I thought were in intelligent individuals, PhD scientists who were just like willing to submit. And, and they're submitting to people who are far less intelligent than them, right? These dumbass bureaucrats. And, and it's just like, only to what avoid social scorn and resistance so um I, that concept like you said uh i i forget what it's called what is it again the, uh the, Sa sadahara is is I, sadahara yeah yeah that's been so incredibly important these past couple of years especially 
Yeah, and it's I, I guess it's uh, you know kind of the reason. It, it it might be the well not anymore I guess, but it used to be the defining trait of the American population. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. fuck you attitude. I'm gonna do what I want, and um, you know. Well, that was what I was gonna say when you said that we haven't quite. Uh, created that same feeling of community with religion. I, I thought maybe this was me being a deluded uh, idealist, but dude, I thought that the closest thing to that was just being an American and all agreeing on these principles that are part of the American experiment in, in like the, the past couple of years. It's when people start to say that I am, I am a Nazi for f- fucking flying the American flag, man. Yeah. And like, I guess, that's not what what unites all of us and we can't even agree on those things so uh it's i don't know it's disheartening in a way man because here we are the most free nation in the world and our young people are calling it fucking the worst place to live right i don't know yeah i'll try not to be a pessimist (laughs) no i mean it's you know that the reality is reality ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't help any of us to pretend things are better or worse than they are. Um, and it's why co- the conversation between disparate personalities is important because you, you know, you've got to put yourself in a position to understand what somebody else is going through because that's going to tell you what's important to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that to me, from a sociological standpoint, that's the most important thing is to understand why people feel the way they feel so we can you know do our best to address all those things but more importantly than that find the most common intersections that people have um now we know some of them the the economy is is the most important thing over 75 percent of people in every single election vote because of how the economy is doing um so you know, that is the, that is very clearly, and and it's not the most important thing because it's the most important thing. It's the most important thing because it is the most important thing to people. You know what I mean? To the most amount of people actually. Um, and for those that it's not the most important thing to, you got to wonder about that. Like the, the, What what struggling family is putting some kind of partisan social issue over the food they have to put on their family's table? That seems unlikely to me, very unlikely. It seems to me like the people who are focused on social issues in particular are typically those who don't have to focus on economic issues. You know what I mean? And you should be you should be very suspicious of people like that because they're trying to get you to forget about your own needs and your family's needs and, and, you know, come to their side and, and talk about, you know, fucking microaggressions and shit like that. You know what I mean? You've got time to walk around being offended all day. I'm sorry, man, I've got work to do. That's that, that's the, the, the real answer to that kind of problem, but it's people should, you should be deeply suspicious of somebody who's trying to capture your attention like that and try to get you to fucking do things that don't necessarily help you or your family. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like when we, when we were talking last time about it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't think of the best way to put it into words, but I, as some, so for me, I grew up in uh, rural impoverished Northeastern North Carolina. And I was, We lived in a trailer park for a period of time. Uh, We were were like bouncing back and forth between the trailer park, homeless, crashing on couches, all that stuff. Because like my parents were 16, dude. It was ridiculous, Mm -hmm. right? And and I was one of like two white kids in the whole trailer park. The rest were black and Hispanic. And I've kept in touch with a lot of those dudes. They're like my best friends still. And they are, again, this idea that these actual communities care about these issues it's preposterous man they're like this defund the police shit is fucking ridiculous Mm. because when we when we were growing up around you know pill popping shithead adults 
we were happy there were police around as kids, right? Like the the people in these communities aren't the ones, just like you said, who are who are pushing this stuff. They think that a, a lot of this, like the BLM shit, my my black friends that I grew up with were some of the most opposed people to the BLM movement, not the sentiment, right? That mm. black lives matter, but, but not the movement, rather the organization. They were the first guys who were telling me this is bullshit, man. They're just on the take. And most of the arguments I've gotten in with people are white people who grew up upper middle class and they presume to know what it's like for these people who, who are growing up in poverty or, you know, another example, dude, is, is welfare. I watched my mom get her food stamps. It was food stamps back then. They didn't have the, the card that they get mm -hmm. now or whatever, but she would get her food stamps and she would sell them for 50 cents on the dollar. So she could take that money and then go, go buy pills with it. Right. right. And, and so it's like, I've seen the abuse of the welfare system. I've seen it. This, I, I fucking lived it. And anytime I talk about it, you can count on the fact that these people are going to come after me and call me a bigot and all of this. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm just literally telling you that this happens. This is simply acknowledging reality and acknowledging the things that can happen doesn't make you good or bad. It just makes you someone who's looking at reality. And I think that both left and right make this mistake where <clears throat> as soon as someone starts to talk about the issues and and perhaps even put like the, the smallest inkling of light on something that goes in opposition to their ideology, they mm -hmm. attack, right? They And the right does it all the time too. When I, when I try to do what you say and talk to people on both sides, which is difficult to do in general when you look like me and you ask somebody on the left to come on your show, but I immediately, people on the right are like, why would you give them a platform? Why would you talk to that? commie all this stuff it's like dude we have got to start talking to each other and you can hate me all you want man but like th they've got to know for one that a guy who looks like me isn't a nazi right and people who look like me need to know that someone who is pushing a lot of these ideologies believes they're doing the right thing right i think that's the the crux of it is mm -hmm. the far right and the far left for whatever reason can't grasp the fact that the other side is doing what they're doing because they believe it's the right thing. I mean, would you agree to that in general? Like the, the average person who's fighting for abortion rights or BLM or whatever versus the average person on the right, like they truly believe it's the right thing. They're not trying to be evil. I don't think. Uh, no, I think, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, you know, Tim Wu talks about this in The Attention Merchants. If you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> like the advertising industry came about by way of first religious and then government propaganda, right? That's how it first started in the, in the 18th century with newspapers and then on into the digital age. But it's like, how can I take this human desire, whatever it happens to be, and turn that into action or dollars. So how can I take people's uh, proclivity to, to dislike the discomfort of others, to be uncomfortable with others' uh, discomfort, and turn that into mm. something else? Now, <clears throat> it's been done for money, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of different avenues have been used whether it's sexuality or fear or hope you know what i mean or unreasonable promises uh, uh all these things have been leveraged against people to you know i mean and, that, and that's what business is right it's it's identifying yeah, a problem and then solving that problem and trying to monetize the solution that's what it is and there's nothing intrinsically wrong with that because that's that's a service to your community if you're running an ethical business. But if you're a government or some kind of nonprofit, I mean, it's no, there's no surprise that you only have to technically spend 2% of your revenue as a nonprofit to maintain your nonprofit status. Like it, it's that it's that's insanity, dude. yeah. For, for a 501 C three, you it's, you don't really have to spend that much of the money you take in on the actual cause, uh, legally speaking in the, in the United States. And there's a reason for that it's because it's big business. It's big business to leverage people's empathy 
towards a cause or to steal money from them. Look, religion's done it for years, right? Uh, uh, the church has done it for years. Governments have done it for years. Um, and just think about the moralizing arguments you hear from, from politicians that are trying to tax you more. Like, oh, you don't care about poor people? Like, no, I just think you're a fucking liar, and I think you're stealing from me and pretending to help them, but I'm still looking over at this poor community and seeing that they haven't received any actual help. So, no, exactly. I don't. I care about poor people. I don't give a fuck about you. You know what I mean? And it's this is the thing that people have to be suspicious about in government. And it's not enough to call out what you consider to be the other side for that kind of behavior. You have to address it in your own house first. And that's a, mm -hmm. that's a principle that's in the Bible, but a lot older than the Bible. It's from, uh, I believe from Confucius, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like the idea that you clean up your own fucking house first before you start mm -hmm. addressing other problems around the area. And we've failed at that completely failed because yeah. it's just easier. It's easier to fucking point fingers and blame somebody else than it is to take responsibility for yourself because, you know, and I get it to some degree, like this idea that um, you're not going to – people are worried that if they lose this election or, or that election that the world's going to fall apart and, and everything's going to suck. Uh, and, you know, look, this last election doesn't do anything to fucking quell that suspicion. Um, unfortunately for all of us uh, – this division. So do you remember when Apple used to have three phones when they used to have whatever their phone was and it would be, it would come in like <clears throat> 16 gig, 32 gig and 128 gig, for example. Yeah. Most people like there's a group of people that will always buy whatever the top one is, but most other people don't want to seem like they're buying the cheapest one. So they buy the middle one and the middle one is disproportionately priced for, for the additional uh, storage space. They did this for years. And it's it relies on a couple of different marketing principles. One, you don't want to have what's called uh, paralysis by analysis. Too many options and people will stop looking and get frustrated and go away and go to a different product. But uh, I don't remember the exact name for this principle in marketing, but it's basically where you offer a Cadillac version, a top tier version, and then you offer a mid tier version and then a shitty version that's unreasonably bad. And everybody will buy the mid tier version and overpay for it because of that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where that that's a good analog for the American political system because uh, the shitty version, I guess, in this scenario is that you you can't just not participate, right? Uh, the shitty version, I think, is to be black-pilled. Or I guess for some people, the shitty version might be the left or the right, depending. Um, but the let, let's just say in this, for, for this sake of this argument, um, the shitty version is the Republican Party and the mid-tier version is the Democrats, even though I don't like them that much. And the, and the highest tier, which not a lot of people choose, is to be an independent and make up your own mind. You know what I mean? In this scenario, the vast majority of people are going towards whatever they consider to be that mid-tier option because there's too much risk for the, uh, for the top-tier option. It's too, it costs too much. And That's what I was going to ask. What is that perceived risk of the top-tier option, the personal responsibility that comes along with it? Or? Well, I think, I think they weigh the cost. Like, well, what if I vote for an independent or what if I vote – for something and I throw else. my vote away. Yeah. I think yeah. that I think that's a big problem. And look, there's no prescription in the constitution for a two-party political system. It doesn't that, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Why would it be like that? Why would there be two options? And why would we right. why would we even vote based on a party instead of voting on particular like specific uh, uh, laws and principles? That doesn't make that's a whole the, lot of sense to me. Yeah, that's the way I've all I mean I've always thought that made the most sense was just the individual and you just, you have to decide for yourself what's valuable to you. What do you think is, is most important at, at present in terms of 
issues. Like right now, I think most Americans would agree inflation, various economic issues are are at top of mind for most Americans. And I do think that's why we're going to see a lot of Republicans get voted in mm. uh, at midterms. But I think that uh, it's people who just vote are down the line. I mean, they're, they're shitty Republicans like that. That's just such a uh, intellectually like bankrupt way to think. And I, it's, it's frustrating because it, it seems like most Americans, when you talk to them as an individual, they agree on most of those points and then they go and vote D or R. Right. And I don't know, I don't know how to, how to f- fix that, if that's the right way to put it. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think there has been a large movement towards that with the um, decentralization of information mm. and, uh, you know, you know, with, with shows like this, right? Like people aren't just watching CNN or Fox News anymore. I mean, most people aren't actually. Most people are consuming alternative media, which is now just media, in my opinion. Um, it, it's I think the deregulation of information and who controls that is one of the biggest battles society is is fighting right now right i think that the and you see it all the time with censorship and i mean it it truly is like the hearts and minds of people at stake because if you can manipulate that flow of information you you win um so i think things are heading in the right direction in that regard and i i don't know man it seems to me like the the institutions the sort of relics of the past whether it's the CNN and, and Fox News type large media corporations or just these um, uh, conventional politicians, whatever you would call it, like your your traditional like Nancy Pelosi types. It's like they're they're on their last breath and they're fighting as hard as they can to maintain control and it's slipping away. I don't know if, the, if you have that same general feeling. Um, and I think it's because of, of this type of stuff. Sure, right? yeah. This was, you know, it's it's part of it. I mean, I think the the general public, a lot of the general public, is starting to wake up to the fact that Republicans and Democrats don't really represent conservative and liberal ideologies anymore. You know that's I mean? true. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, you know, what we probably need is some sort of collective effort um, to challenge individuals, to challenge themselves, to ask some specific questions. Like, when was the last time the Republican Party did something conservative? Because mm-hmm. what I've seen over the past 20 years are wars of conquest and nation building and the largest expansion of the federal government in history and expansion of the police state and the surveillance state and all of this bullshit. And then when's the last time the left accomplished their goal of taking care of people as a classical liberal would you know, recommend? <clears throat> uh, Obamacare is a handout to insurance companies. They fucked yep. people up. They fucked up our entire – look, our health care uh, uh, wasn't great before now it's way worse than it was before 83 percent of all privately filed bankruptcy claims are because of unpaid medical expenses right we live in the richest country in the history of the goddamn world and we tell people they can be as healthy as they can afford to be that is immoral hard stop that is immoral like we can figure out how to uh solve that that problem but the way we've chosen to solve it from the right and from the left is wrong so you know if you organize yourself around a political party or a politician, you're going to fail ultimately as a citizen. You can't do that because people will fuck up and parties are nothing but people. Uh, uh, principles are the only solution to this problem. It is, yeah. it is literally the only way to, to solve any of this stuff is to get people rooted in principle again instead of having popularity contests. Yeah. Well, I think that the <laughs> – you know, there's a great uh, document that outlines a lot of principles that this nation was founded on. And it's like that has been stigmatized, right, as being if, if you start talking about freedom and liberty in the Constitution, you're immediately labeled a right winger, you know, by by whoever. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you uh, got to have the temerity to challenge that idea. Explain well, exactly. To me, explain yeah. to me. And I'm not this is rhetorical. I'm not asking you to. But explain to me exactly why my personal liberty confers to you some kind of sense of far-right ideology 
like are exactly. you are none you, of it are, makes sense are you anti-liberal i mean you have to you have to have the conversation though you right, have you right. have to let it play out because that's the only way to solve that issue is to challenge people on the stupid shit they say yeah like, and i think that's a great approach though the just to highlight what you just did ask that rhetorical question and just kind of sit back and, and see what they say because sometimes that's a good way to get people thinking instead of just aggressively challenging them like just making a point because they'll yeah. just try to make a counterpoint. You right. know what I mean? Just, just ask, ask that rhetorical question and, and see what they say. Because You're a lot better off asking questions than you are trying to make points. Right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and that's dude, that's why I call my show free mind. I think that being an, an individual who's principled and has taken the time to actually think about why you, you should do things, uh, a certain way and, and what you're trying to achieve in the future and and really stopping this this cycle of being told what to think uh, and actually learning how to think is is the only answer. And, um, you know, I, I love what you've done with developing the principles for citizen. Um, and the problem, though, is that w there are many of us, you know, Andy says, um, Personal excellence is the ultimate form of rebellion, right? Like Andy Frisella, that's that's one of his his phrases, and and I agree with that. And that's why I'm big on on you know I developed the six principles for how to be in your best physical shape and all this stuff to try and like boil it down to very easy things for people because I do think that is the answer. Um, but then you have to you have to somehow still make that work in this fucked up political system we have, mm. right? So that that's the I mean, I guess, do you think there will ever be a time where an independent or a libertarian even is actually elected to a major office? No. So why? Um, because I, I don't think we're there yet. You know, it's it's like. Um, this this place is broken and. You know, it, it's I believe it needs a complete rebuild. And I don't think just electing some other person from some other party is going to be a solution to that. You know, I think it's. Uh, when you say rebuild, though, I mean, you. What do you mean by that? Right? I, I don't think that our political system works. I don't I don't think that any political yeah. system scales indefinitely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so the idea of federalism only works to the point where one people will enforce it and uh to the government the centralized federal government isn't strong enough to overcome it um mm -hmm. and we we're well beyond both of those so i i, I don't think uh, like i the idea of federalism is certainly salvageable but there's going to be some pain between now and then frankly is what i believe right. but you know right. uh just like in any other, and what, what we're in is a social insurgency at this point, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of institutional power from government, not just the politicians, but the unelected bureaucrats who are making decisions behind the scenes and in the confluence of that institutional power with corporate power and then global corporate power as well. Um, these people hold the purse strings and they control the media. So it's going to be difficult without some sort of inoculation against it. And the only inoculation against that is one-on-one -on -one and small group conversations that go something like this. As a mm -hmm. liberal, what is it that you hold dear in the political system? What is it that you think we should be accomplishing? And the answer is probably going to be something like um, social welfare to make sure people have equal access to potential success uh, uh, to have equal liberty, equal representation, so on and so forth. And, and most reasonable people would nod their head and be like, yeah, I agree with that. Now, how do we do that? Well, we're going to have government programs. Let me stop it right there, bud. Uh, no, because the government has shown itself to be incompetent. So how do we empower the individual to do these things, right, at the lowest possible level from the community level? Um, because it's more flexible, the money gets spent more efficiently and the person gets more individual attention. Like we all want smaller classrooms for our kids for that reason. Why don't we apply this at an economic level? And I think there's conversations to be had there that don't include, Hey, you're a fucking libtard or you're a Nazi Republican because you've done nothing or saying, no, I think social welfare is fucking stupid. 
So we're not even going to have the conversation. Okay, cool. You just took your ball and went home like a little bitch because you didn't have yeah. the you didn't have the fucking balls to or, or the temerity or I guess the constitution to learn the issue, to be able to have a decent human adult conversation about it and come to some kind of fucking reconciliation. Uh, right. And and that that is something that's going to take place outside of government. And then government will, as they are doing right now, uh, as you alluded to before, try to grip even tighter because they can feel it slipping away. And that's where the pain's going to come in because people, they're going to do exactly what they did during COVID, which is fire people and use social pressure and all this other economic pressure and bullshit to try to get you to conform to what they want you to do. And you can't do it. Whatever the cost, you can't do it. So things, unfortunately, probably have to get bad enough where a critical mass of people are going to say no, not just a select few. And that's, yeah. that's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I think the solutions are in the area in between and those of us who are willing to have conversations. And when you were talking about social welfare, and so I don't know if we're going over, you can stop me at any mm. point, uh, bro. But um, most conservatives I know, most like they'd probably be, be labeled far right by the media or whatever. They give charitably and give to, to charities to help their community. So they generally support this idea of social welfare and helping others in, in the community. And uh, the, the where they have the problem is when you just, like you said, start talking about government programs and appropriating their money by some idiot who doesn't know where to apply it properly and, and is going to embezzle funds. Uh, and so if, if you can just get those people talking to each other, right? Like they're going to agree on a lot of stuff because mm. at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're all humans with the same sort of hardware and software. Right. And, and it's frustrating. Um, and again, that's why I'm, I, I like your message and what you're doing and the people you're bringing on and talking to, because the, the Pandora's box of the internet and social media and the decentralization of, of messaging and media can't be closed, right? Like it's open now. And I mean, you see it, dude, with like Rogan getting 10 times the viewers as CNN and, and CNN plus failing and all these things happening. And, you know, I, I, I only use that example because it's one that um, I know of, but mm -hmm. the same shit happens with these institutional media outlets on the right, you know, and, and um, I, I think it's more of just doing what we're doing. And it, it might take a while and it'll be painful. And there are going to be times when I forgot the phrase again, fucking what you said earlier about mm. uh, uh, Gandhi, but uh, that's going to be very necessary for people. And uh, I, I didn't want to end this in a, in like a negative way. So I want people to have some hope because I do think that things are heading in the right direction with, with stuff like this, at least. I mean, I don't think it's intrinsically negative. I just think, uh, yeah, it is what it is, right? Like sometimes you got to rip the fucking bandaid off and you're not going to do it just like a drug addict isn't going to ask for help until they hit rock bottom. And I yep. don't think we've hit rock bottom yet. As bad as things appear to be right now, I don't think we're even close to as bad as what it could be. And what do you think rock bottom looks like for us? Uh, probably in the American system of government, something like what's going on in Canada right now, gun confiscation, uh, people's, uh, finances being uh, uh, fucked with because of their political beliefs and stuff like that. I think Canada is at rock bottom right now, and I fully expect some kind of escalation soon. On do on, you there. fear? Do you, like, I don't know if it's unfounded, but I worry so much about the incompetence of our administration when it comes to foreign affairs and this Ukraine Russia shit and the 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 possibility of actual nuclear uh action being taken i mean what, what are your thoughts on that do you think that's i don't know enough about it uh no i don't worry about that you don't worry about that okay no, no i mean there isn't uh frankly unless somebody was able to smuggle something in there we have the the ability to stop pretty much any kind of uh missile that comes towards us right um but the as crazy as as russia is sometimes 
the principle of mutually assured destruction has gotten us through much worse situations than we're in right now. They don't want to fucking get evaporated off. Like we, we have quite a bit more nukes and better placed Jupiter missiles and shit like that than they do. Um, same for China. Like we could annihilate everybody if we wanted to. I, I just, I don't worry too much about that. Um, so this stuff about the hyper, is it hypersonic? Is it, uh, missile technology? Essentially, it's been fired off and it's well on its way to us before we even realize it happened. Um, and us having the inability to detect that in time, that's not something that's possible. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know it's, if it's hypersonic. Yeah. Is hypersonics. Right. Yeah. It, it's technically possible, but we would launch like 7,000 nukes at, at every major city in, in, in China and Russia immediately after that. And there's nothing they could do to stop it. So I don't think like the consequences are too high in my opinion sure. for something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's good. It's just something I worry about. And I know that if, if I worry about it, I'm sure other people subscribe to some of the fear mongering that's, that's out there. So I don't, well, I, I'm, I don't worry too much about uh, America being attacked. And I, I think foreign countries understand that they can't attack America. And that's why they use the tactics they do. Like you don't see us mm-hmm. trying to convince Russian dudes to wear dresses and fucking cut their dicks off. But they're definitely trying to convince us to do that while they're they and China are both trying to convince their dudes to not do stupid bullshit like that, to be more manly. They have masculinity training. Yeah, yeah dude. It, so, yeah, you can tell. Yeah, OK, you can tell how an enemy fears you based on the way they attack you. And they attacked us at the social level and not the military level because they know they can't beat us in the other one. You know what I mean? Uh, well, they're they're having some success on the social level. I yeah. think. Quite a bit of success, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. So hopefully people will uh, wake the fuck up. Um, we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, thanks for coming today. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to say to the audience yeah, before man. we get out of here? Uh, no, just uh, Free Mind Podcast. If you're interested in more incoherent ramblings by a dude like me, bringing guests on and talking about this stuff. And I appreciate you having me on, dude. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you coming. And I appreciate you all for listening. This has been Citizen. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.